Yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 48. We are going into week nine, man. We're we're halfway through the season. It's your boy Eugene. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genius. That's G-E-N-E-S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. As always, I got my my fellow Cowboys fan with me, Ike. You can follow him at just underscore Ike09. How you doing today, man? How you feeling? Good, good. Uh, yeah, to your point, man. We halfway through the season already. It's just, just time is flying. Can it slow down just a little bit, please? Like, please. No. Because before you know it, it'll be playoff time, and then you know championships, and then the off season again. So, like, I, you know, um, I just want to just kind of enjoy, kind of enjoy this, enjoy the season for what it is and what it has been so far. I mean, it's been a pretty up and down, uh, roller coaster type season. So, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, you know, happy to happy to talk some ball. Get to it. Week nine. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and start with recap of the prize picks plays we had last week. My plays went 2-0. and oh. We we back at it undefeated. Henry smashed his, his rushing yards prop. We said that when we hopped on last week that that was an auto at 100.5 yards, 105.5 yards. It just didn't matter how many yards it was. He went over it because he rushed Our over 200 yards pick- again. Price picks are so disrespectful <laughs> with that line, like 100.5. Like, I probably should have put my 401k on that shit. Like, if Bruh. I was able to pick a single, I would have put my 401k on that. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I guess they didn't go back to the to the uh, to the YouTubes and checked out that he's been over 200 yards versus the Texans the last three times he's played them. So, yeah. we appreciate we appreciate y'all for doing that for us. You know, we didn't do the education <laughs> price picks. We didn't do the education. <laughs> And also the Camara receptions prop at four and a half, that smash before halftime. I mean, Andy Dalton had no one to pass to besides him and, and, and Chris Olave. So that smash is very easy. I think he finished with like eight catches, eight, nine catches in that game. So Yeah, it was nine for, 99, nine for 96, I believe. Yep. And then he rushed two scores and then had one in the air. So I know he was happy to get in the end zone again instead of that 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 menace called Taysom Hill stealing all his, his rushing touchdowns. So – yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, and, and the thing is, it was long overdue. I think people thought that Kamara was due for for a, for a touchdown, for a t- positive touchdown regression, and, and they got it in in the best way. He was the he was the RB one overall in the week. Um, but just real quick, my price fix plays. They went one and one. AJ Brown he destroyed the Steelers as yeah. we thought. Um, you know that was one of the matchups we highlighted in uh, our matchups column last week. So and he was pointing at all the Steelers defenders after every touchdown he scored, <laughs> which was awesome. It was awesome to see Kings stay Kings, right? So uh, and then I also had Zach Ertz over thirty-eight and a half yards, and he fell short by four yards, or five yards, uh, in a game where Kyler Murray threw for over three hundred. So it was yeah. just you know, kind of kind of bad luck there. But with that, uh, just kind of circling back to the you know to the running backs and the you know Derrick Henry smashing and Alvin Kamara smashing, that was a kind of a theme, uh, you know, for for week eight. Week eight, you know, we had a, we had a lot of running back scoring. As a matter of fact, we had five running backs uh, score at least thirty fantasy points, and that was the most in a single week over the last fifteen years. Um, that was that was kind of crazy. We you know we we obviously had the elder statesmen, you know, Camara, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, but then but then we had Tony Pollard, and then we had Deontay Foreman uh, with three touchdowns each. And I know one of my teams had both of them. <laughs> on the same squad and we we put up we put up a 200 spot 
Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm in that league with you. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah, sure, you sure are. You saw. You saw. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. Yeah, obliterated that 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 team. That team. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Sorry. 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 It had to happen to him. But yeah, man. Like we had a lot of running back scoring, um, and then also Travis Etienne. His first game without James Robinson went nope. ham, as we thought. As we thought, he had over 150 yards rushing on I think 26 carries. So he's the undisputed um, number one uh, bell cow there. He's probably going to be a top seven, top eight running back for the you know, rest of season um, for Jacksonville. Don't see any competition from uh, any 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 competition on, on his part. Uh, Not from Hasty. From who? <laughs> Snoop Connor. Snoop Connor. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no competition. They they they, they clearly have full trust. Um, in Travis Etienne uh, to to to, go, to continue going ham, but yeah, man, it was it was a really really good uh, week for running back scoring, and also another running back we can talk about is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, we the one one thing that we were you know kind of skeptical of is when Damian Harris gets back from his hamstring injury, is it still going to be you know Ramondre RB one Stevenson season? <laughs> uh, it's still that's still the case. That is still the case uh, since week six. He's the PPR RB three. And, you know, the last couple of games, um, you know, the last couple of games, week seven and eight snap counts, um, you know, he, he's 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 been on the field for 89 snaps to Damian Harris is 40. Um, he's run 47 routes to Damian Harris is 22. So that is that is his backfield. And hell, I mean, this past game, he had seven catch, catches for 72 yards. So and he was also a top 10 running back in this in his own right. And so it's wheels up for Ramondre Stevenson and continue to fire him up in all your lineups. But yeah, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from the running backs uh, this week in week eight. Yeah, and one other running back I want to touch on, uh, somebody that was very polarizing at the beginning of the season that we've seen him do some work these last two weeks is uh, Antonio Gibson. It's very interesting to see him that the usage, because it looks like he took over J.D. McKissick's role somewhat, or, I mean, they're kind of splitting the, the, the routes ran from the position on like this last week. Gibson ran 33% and uh, JD ran 49, but obviously you saw Gibson finish with seven catches and I think 81 yards in the touchdown. So it looks like, like I said, these past two weeks, it looked like he's kind of revived himself in terms of like finding a role. I know Riverboat said that they need to get him more touches and obviously that's what they're doing. So it's just interesting to see the switch up after they say he pretty much dead talking about he's, he's, re- he was bound to kick off duties, but now they they figured out. Oh, okay, he he can catch the ball. <laughs> so he's a weapon you know, in the backfield. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's just what it, it could be a coincidence. It could not be a coincidence. But you know, when they started using Antonio Gibson again, they start winning games. I mean, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but it could be just a thought there. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, using your your most explosive player a little bit more. Is leading to more offensive efficiency, more points on the board, and ultimately more wins. I, you know, I, I'm not an expert here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, hey, maybe they looked at the film finally and they're just like, "Hey, we need to, we need to get this guy the ball, not the 31 year old running back that's like five seven, 180 pounds." So I don't know, man. It's, I mean, he did it in college, you know. I don't know. I'm just a guy that just watches football and talks about it weekly. So yeah. But uh, let's move on to the next person, A.J. Brown, man. Like you said before, he just wide receiver one season. We didn't think – 
I know people were kind of skeptical. I know I was. I didn't have him in my top. I don't think I had him in the top 12 before the season started because we didn't know we didn't know how the offense was going to flow. We, I thought it was going to be more of a, still kind of run heavy-ish. But as you can see, it's very efficient. You know, they kind of split down the middle. And, and A.J. Brown, he's a monster, man. Like, just unstoppable. Just just unstoppable. And, like, again, like we saw on Sunday, every time he scored a touchdown, I just looked at the, the two defenders, not one, but two defenders out on him for each one. He's just like, hey, y'all not even here, man. And then on the last one, he pointed at him. Yeah. <laughs> you can't guard me. You can't guard me. You can't guard. The thing is, all three touchdowns were in double coverage. All three of them. Yep. All yep. three of them. Same, same route, same side of the field. You yeah. Know? Just, just, <laughs> just a dog. And another dog we need to talk about is DJ Moore because he is starting to heat up. Mm. Uh, you know, his, his, you know, the last two weeks, 36% target share, three end zone targets. That ranks first, 47 fantasy points. And that ranks second. Um, and he, and he caught a beautiful, beautiful, uh, Hail Mary pass from PJ Walker um, to end that game. Yeah. He took his helmet off. But he was yeah. out of the end zone. Should have been should have been flagged for that. Uh, that's another debate in and of itself. But man, DJ Moore is 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 on fire now. Um, finally, he's been he's he's. I think he's going to be continuously. Um, he's going to continue to be unlocked. Um, you know, as the as the only guy basically stand, left standing after the trade that Carolina's made, and they're treating him like the number one wide receiver they should have been treating him as um, even earlier in the season. And so it's it's awesome to see. That's one of my guys. One of my one of you know I'm a I'm a DJ Moore truther. Everybody knows this. So it's it's it makes me happy to see him uh, flourishing. It's funny that you say unlocked in the in the, in the quarterback is the one PJ that nobody even thought nobody thought it would be in an equation is PJ Walker, man. So you know what's funny? Though? You know what's funny though? When PJ Walker started, I think a couple years ago, the first game he started, he went seven for one twenty seven. So there was yeah. a there was a little bit of a ceiling that we saw with him, and then obviously we saw the bottom at, at, at the Rams when he caught three I think three passes for seven yards or something like that. Um, oh my god! So we saw we saw a high high and a low low, but then you know the last couple of games it's it, it's been it's been wheels up. It's been nothing but yeah. a success. So excited for that. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the fantasy MVPs and LVPs real quick. The eight. The MVP, I mean, we could have gave it to Kamara because of the performance he had, but I felt like the RB2 of the week definitely should have deserved it a little bit more because he was, I mean, he did it in every way possible that you could at the position. As our boy C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. this guy finished with 94 rushing yards in the touchdown, eight receptions, 55 yards in the touchdown, and then a throwing touchdown, man. He just, that 49ers offense needed him. Uh, well, they didn't really need him because they—I mean—they were smashing with them. But no, they, they needed were just him. doing. They needed him. You, I mean, it wasn't. Well, yeah, they needed him because the game wasn't close without him. So, yeah. I mean, he did it in every every facet of the game. He made made Jimmy Garoppolo look good. I mean, Brandon Ayuk was was eating. Like everybody was eating, man, and it kind of just stemmed from from C Max uh, threat from being in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, you know, and that touchdown that he caught in um, that. I think um, uh, when where was like the what's the ten was it ten yard line? I think it was the it was inside the red zone for sure. Yeah, I think it was like yeah. 12, 14 yard line. Whatever it was, there. like he I think he was he was supposed to be like a, a decoy, and then he went up, took it up the field, and they showed the replay. I know he had hops like that. Yeah, man, he got I up. I know there. he had, I know he had hops like that. Like that guy got up. 
he got. I never, I never knew. <laughs> I never knew. You acting totally different now. He is, um, man. But yeah, man, like yeah, C- CMC. Def- I I think he de- he he was definitely needed um in that backfield because Jeff Wilson just wasn't cutting. I mean, they they hell they traded him, they traded yeah. him yesterday, uh, and then we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to all those trades um here in a little bit. But um and then you know they they just weren't getting the most out of their offense. You know you heard you heard Brandon Ayuk after the Chiefs game. We got a lot of different yeah. thinkers, and we're only getting twenty three points. That's that's yeah. a problem, right? So. Yeah. And they, and they got the, one of the biggest difference makers in the league, and look what happens. They go yep. go on the road and dominate, and he's the reason why. Um, but yep. from L, you know, fantasy MVP to fantasy LVP, we're going to talk about the Raiders. Uh, they were pathetic um, in New Orleans, and New Orleans was missing a couple of defensive starters, and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams could not uh, take advantage. I think they both finished with one fantasy point. So if, yep. you, both, if you had that stack um, in your fantasy lineups – you probably took a massive L. <laughs> I think Derek Carr finished with one point, and Devontae Adams had one catch for for two yards. And I think he had uh, a rush for. I think he lost yards, and I don't know. I don't. I think he finished with like one yard or two yards total, or something like that. But it was a it was a poor showing, and um, you know, Derek Carr only targeted him five times. Instead, he wanted to target Mac Hollins ten times in that game for for some strange reason. But it, it was it was a it was a disappointing performance all around, especially um, with the with uh, Marshawn Lattimore out with another out with an injury again. Mm-hmm. So that was terrible, pathetic. But yeah, that, that's I mean, I I, I want to take a shower now because I'm uh, another shower again because I'm ta- I'm still talking about how disgusting uh, that their performance was. Bro, Derek Carr almost made me lose a game. I mean, you're in that league. I I won by point zero four because Derek Carr only because got of two Derek points. Carr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious! And I had C Mac on that team too, so just let you know how how bad it, how, how bad it could have been for having somebody scoring forty points and I going to lose because a quarterback gives me two. So yeah, against our defense that's been giving up the cheeks like pretty much the last four weeks. Just I don't I don't know, man. Just, anyways, let's get off of that guy. Let's talk about these trades, man. Which one you want to talk about first? You know, that was the one thing that 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 shook up the week. And we haven't seen this many, this much movement in 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 a, a trade deadline. I think ever. I think the tweet came out that this was the most active trade deadline ever. So, um, yeah. which which one of these moves do you think you want to? Do you want to hit on first? Um, I kind of want to talk about the Hawkins and the Minnesota. That was that one came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting T.J. Hawkinson to get traded, especially get traded to a division rival. Uh, I don't know what the thinking there thinking was there, but we know what the thinking was on Minnesota side because Irv Smith is out eight to ten weeks with that high ankle sprain, got placed on IR, so instant upgrade uh, there tight end for them. They you know that that Vikings offense is, is is looking real nice. You know they have basically a top ten player at every at every position. Uh, Kirk Cousins I, I think is the QB ten or eleven. Dalvin Cook's the QB uh, the RB eleven. Uh, Justin Jefferson's. I think he's he's within the top, inside the top ten because he had his buy, so he probably lost you know some ground. Um, but again, like it's they're they're going all in. They're six and one. They're the second best team in the NFC record wise um, behind the Eagles. And so yeah, this was this was a I mean this was a great move for them. Um, but obviously, like I said, unexpected. Nobody was expecting this kind of trade to be made um, within the division. I don't. I, I want to see when um, when do the Vikings and Lions play again? I know they already played earlier this year. I think they played later um, later on in the season. 
Uh, let's see. They played the Lions again December 11th, so I think that's week 14, I believe. Okay. Yep, week 14, so week about 14. five, five yeah. six weeks, yeah. Yeah, so that's the like, the last the last game of the fantasy regular season. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's yeah. – that's the one that kind of stood out to me. I know, you know, you, we have we have other ones that we want to get to, but that's the one that that kind of took everybody by by surprise. Yeah, I know. So, I understand like football perspective. It makes sense because I mean, T.J. Hawkinson, he's a good blocker, decent receiver. It should be interesting fantasy wise because I know Minnesota didn't really throw to the tight end that much. He was pretty much the third read, and I think I think Ertzman maybe granted uh, garnered 12 percent target share. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how how often Hawkinson is going to be targeted. He should be open for sure with, you know, with with Justin Jefferson on one side, Thielen on another side. You got Cook coming out the backfield. So he should definitely be getting some looks. But we'll just see how often Kirk Cousins actually targets him. Yeah. So one of the trades that happened that that was very interesting was the Naheem Hines to Buffalo. This is basically just for me, it was a signal like, hey, we're still really desperate for that for that pass catching back that can, you know, kind of do a little bit of everything, but but can definitely pass block. You know, James Cook is still young behind the ears. He's a rookie. They didn't really trust him that much unless games were just out of hand. Um, they've already shown us that Singletary can do it, but they just prefer somebody that's their sole job is that third down role. And I mean, they pretty much got the the best one top five one, in my opinion, in the league for sure, third down back, but definitely the best one available with Naheem Hines. Uh, so that offense is just wheels up again, man. It's going to be very interesting how often they use him early on, but it should be once they get rolling and get into the playoffs, it should be very dangerous. And I, I mean, I like the move fantasy wise. So uh, what's your thoughts on this move? Yeah, um, it's it's definitely a little bit of an indictment on James Cook, although like I mean, yeah. he was you saw him on Sunday night looked very explosive with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Like I think he had like a less than ten touches and he had like seventy plus uh, scrimmage yards. So he was he had he had his I think he's had his best game. Uh, he just didn't get in the end zone. If he got in the end zone, it would have been you know obviously his best game of the season. And so uh, I I was I was kind of taken I was kind of taken by surprise by this move as well. But I I definitely get it. Um, hell, in the process, they sent back Zach Moss to, to, Indiana, to Indianapolis um, because they obviously weren't using him, and they just say, hey, you know, what? take take the other running back that we're not using. You can you can have yep. him. Take the plotter. So, take take the plotter. You can have the plotter behind Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but and then like just kind of with, with an eye towards the future, Naheem Hines has an out in his contract at the at the end of uh, I think I think this off season where he's not. I don't think he has any more guaranteed money left on his deal. So mm-hmm. they can choose to – they can maybe just rent him for this year and they can maybe just not uh, not use him for the foreseeable future after that. And then um, Devin Singletary is a free agent, an unrestricted free agent in 2020 in this yep. offseason. And, so, yeah, sure. um, and so James Cook still has some – obviously dy- has still, still has a lot of dynasty value because there's a lot of uncertainty with those other two running backs in that backfield. But um, this is a, definitely a win-now move because they're trying to go for it and they, you know, like you said – Desperately wanting that pass catching back, and looks like they got it. So I, I'm curious to see how they how they integrate them um, into their offense. I was gonna say just real quick in terms of you know fantasy wise, in terms of putting them in your lineups, I would I would want to wait maybe a week or two before you if if you have to start them, I would wait a couple of weeks just to see how Buffalo is gonna integrate him, how they're gonna utilize his ability. So 
shit with all these buys you may not even have a choice but to put him in yeah <laughs> that's also true i know i know i have him i have him starting in one league because i have so many <laughs> people on by plus injuries so that's true I, you're I, right I, I i'm just i'm just out of bodies at this point and that's one of the one of the avail- one of the available bodies on my squad that i that, that i can put in a lineup realistically so yeah um, but i cannot one, that yeah so from one running back to another we saw jeff wilson uh, for the 49ers get traded to the Miami Dolphins. So it's just something about these, you know, f- you know, ex 49er running backs that Mike McDaniel wants to, you know, wants has, has a familiarity with that he wants on his squad. So, but this is a good move for them. I mean, it, it was a good move. Um, and they actually traded Chase Edmonds uh, to the Broncos, uh, which we'll talk, talk about here in a second. But, um, you know, that, that gives them some insurance behind Raheem Moster because he's always been hurt. He, he gets hurt pretty much every year. And you know they they get they get a running back from San Francisco that's familiar with their run game with the with the run game uh, concepts, and a guy that like I said earlier that's familiar with you know Mike McDaniel. So I think that's a good move for uh, for for the for the Dolphins. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like the move. I mean, they I mean it seems like they don't they didn't trust really trust Chase Edmonds, and it seems like he wanted to get somebody like you said a little more familiar still. And, and Raheem Moster looks like he's kind of, you know, lost a little bit of steam because he hasn't really done too much the last, what, two and a half weeks, I believe. So, you know, get somebody in there with some – I mean, he has just about, just about the same amount of juice as Jeff Wilson does. They're both very explosive. Um, so maybe he just wanted to get another familiar face in there. So, I mean, for this one, outside of this week, you know, moving on to next week and, and further, I would – again, this would be another person I'll wait because this backfield is still – kind of muddled in terms of like, I don't know how how somebody's going to be used or who's going to be used and where, because, I mean, this is the question we had pretty much the last two weeks when it was Mostert and Edmonds because they both hadn't done shit the last couple of weeks. So it should be interesting to see how how these two are going to be utilized in this offense. Yeah. Um, another player I want to talk about is the Chase Claypool. I know a lot of people have questions about this one. Uh, just from a real football perspective, why Chicago would spend a second round pick when they're not in, when people don't think they're in the mix of you know making a playoff push. But if you look at the NFC, the NFC is pretty fucking wide open, and right now open. they have a wild card, and they have a wild card spot surprisingly right now. So yeah. they're thinking that they can make a push now and for the future. I mean, looking at the wide receivers that might be coming into next year, and you know a lot of people keep thinking that they're going to go draft one in the first round. This this move now makes them like, hey, we don't need to get one in the first round. We can probably go get an offensive lineman in the first round because that's where they really need help because Justin Fields has been on his back pretty much the whole the whole season um, yeah. when he's not holding on to the ball too long. So um, I think this is a good move. You you get another wide receiver to get help that we've been crying for for, for Justin Fields this whole year, pretty much before the draft season. Just talking about how we didn't feel like he's got any more help. I mean, this is another wide receiver with like some raw ability that can, you know, makes plays. So it should be interesting. You get down in the terms field, of, contested catches. You know? Like I mean, yep. Chase Claypool. As much as you know, as inconsistent as he's been, he's still a talented. He's still a talented cat. I mean, he can still get down the field. He can still make acrobatic catches, and that's what and that's what uh, you know a quarterback like Justin Fields needs, especially a yeah. guy with, with that strong of an arm and that can that can basically launch that motherfucker. So, yeah, so it, sh- it should be interesting in terms of like if you look at the splits in terms of percentages of routes between all these wide receivers, like after Mooney at 95% like this past week, everybody else was like 58%, 50%, 47%, 11%. So it should 
I would assume with this Claypool move that this should make this a little more clear in terms of we got our one, we got our two, and don't really have to worry about anybody else in this offense. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's Hopefully. what that, it clears it up. So, yeah. you got any other players you want to touch on? No, I mean, I think those are the ones that those are the main ones that kind of stood out. I mean, I again, it was a crazy, crazy, uh, a crazy, crazy trade deadline. I mean, there there could have been more trades, but they, you know, some of them didn't, you know, make it to the final buzzer. We won't get yeah. into those because we'll be here all all day and we'll be talking about those all day as to why they didn't happen and, and, and the inept, the ineptness of the front offices that didn't execute. <laughs> yeah. But hey, we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna move this show along. We're gonna move the show along. All right, let's do that. I didn't time. know if you I didn't know if you wanted to talk about Chase Edmonds or the Calvin Ridley uh moves, but yeah, let's go ahead, let's let's get to it. All right. So cap or no cap. For the people that are listening that might not know what cap means, cap is another word for lying. So if I ask Ike, hey, the Dallas Cowboys made a trade for Brandon Cooks this past week, Ike would say, cap. <laughs> cap. <laughs> the so Cowboys much. didn't do a damn thing. Didn't do a damn thing. But color me shocked. All right, so, yeah, color me shocked is definitely the word. All right, so let's get to it. First one, Greg Dolchich, top six tight end the rest of season, cap or no cap? Uh, that is definitely no cap. Um, we've seen the snap share rise um, each of the last three weeks. Or we, we well, we've seen we've seen the snap rates, you know, seventy one, fifty nine, and eighty two over the last three weeks. Um, he's caught ten of fourteen targets for one hundred and thirty eight yards um, over the past two weeks. And so he's 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 firmly locked in. He he has a role, like he has a role um, in that in that Broncos offense. Especially since you know Cortland Sutton's been uh, you know been struggling, um, he's tied in three overall, twenty one percent air yard share, um, and two you know two point oh nine yards per route run and twenty percent targets per route run. Those are elite metrics for a tight end. Um, that's that's where you, that's kind of where you want to be um, um, for a tight end. So uh, yeah, he's definitely a top six guy for the rest of the season. So if if he's somehow still on your waiver wire, run <laughs> and go get him, please for the love of God, go get him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is no cap, man. Like, I didn't want to believe because of like the all the 20 tight ends that that Russell Wilson was throwing to, and you know, out of the bunch, this is the one they they kept talking about that I didn't want to, you know, give credence to, but they're showing us like, hey, this is the guy, this is our guy. So, uh, I mean, and the proof is in the in the tape, man. Like, all these numbers, the matrix, like, I, I can't, you can't argue this, man. He's the third. He's the third target in this offense. This for this lowly offense, might I add. So uh, sometimes the second target it looks like the second target, honestly, um, in this offense between you know whoever which week that is Jerry Judy or Sutton, and then is this guy. So I definitely agree with that. All right, second one: Terry McLaurin, top five, top fifteen wide receiver rest of the season, cap or no cap. We got another no capper here. Um, in the last couple of weeks, he's the wide receiver eleven with T- Taylor Heineke as a starter. And the the most the most interesting thing, or one interesting thing that people are just overlooking, is that the matchups that Terry McLaurin has had over the last couple of weeks. First, going up against Jair Alexander, and then next, going up against uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, and he and he cooked them both in 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 certain spots. He cooked them both. Uh, both had you know had good game had a good game against uh you know the you know the Packers caught a like a forty yard bomb on Jair Alexander for a touchdown and then this past week against the Colts 
uh, he mossed basically mossed uh, Stephon Gilmore for that for that um, for the you know for that game, game ending for the yeah for the game for the game winning touchdown uh, that you know Taylor Heineke uh, you know snuck in on the next play twenty six percent target share two point eight two yards per route run both higher than than he's ever had with Wentz and so he's he's locked in to, easily top fifteen easily top fifteen. Yeah, I'm not even going to debate this one either. Uh, I think this is no cap. It just he's he's looking at him, man. Like he's looking at him. When Carson Wentz, his guy was was Curtis Samuel for whatever reason. Um, these do these two matchups definitely show that okay, there was nothing really wrong with Terry McLaurin was the quarterback because because by anybody's metrics or by the eye, people will tell you that that Heineke is a little lesser than than Wentz, but. Heineke, I mean, that's Heineke's guy. We we saw it all last season that this guy, that McLaurin was his favorite target. And again, now, you know, same kind of situation now with, with Curtis Samuel being healthy. He's still targeting Terry McLaurin. So I definitely think this is no cap. Yeah. All right. Last one. Kyler Murray, top eight quarterback, rest of the season. Currently, he's QB six. Cap or no cap? Yeah, and I think um, this is this is all, this is another no cap. We'll just go ahead and go for the sweep, no cap sweep, at least for me. Uh, currently, the QB six, despite how inconsistent the offense has been, but now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got his guys. Guys number one. He's been the QB five since DeAndre Hopkins has been back on the field. Had a pretty big game against the Vikings, over three hundred yards. Um, had a had a you know handful of rushing yards as well. Hell, DeAndre Hopkins is the wide receiver one since he's been back. <laughs> so he's he 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 could not wait for that suspension to be up so he can just pepper and I mean pepper his boy with all the targets. So uh, yeah, this is this is an easy one for me. I, I think this basically takes Kyler Murray to another level um, in fantasy, and he's already top six despite you know how how the offense how the Cardinals offense has been operating you know so inconsistently all season long. So yeah, I like this. Yeah, I I agree with this also. I think this is no cap. I mean, I don't really have nothing else to add. Clearly, you can see that Kyler just he trusts him, man. He trusts him, and the offense has looked a little bit better with with D Hop there too. So uh, it would have been hopefully they can make a playoff push, and we can see what it looks like with with Hollywood on the other side. Then we can really see what what kind of Kyler we're going to see, and maybe even propel his dynasty value into, you know, maybe the elite tier of uh, quarterbacks once we start talking to the next season. So, um, you know, yeah, no cap. Bet, bet, bet. All right, so the next segment we want to go ahead and get to talk to me nice. Uh, we want to talk, you know, talk through a couple of matchups um, that we want to attack um, on the week nine slate. Uh, the first one is a Thursday night game. Uh, it's, you know, the Eagles going to Houston. 14 point favorites, 45 game total, but the you know the matchup here, the Philly run game versus Houston. Houston hasn't stopped anybody on the on the ground all season long. They've allowed the week's PPR overall RB1 or RB2 in 5 of their of their 7 games. Uh, this season. <laughs> ravaged their last in rush DVOA. They give up the most yards per game. Um they give up they they gave up 223 yards and 42.9 fantasy points per game the last two games. Um, and you know, obviously Derrick Henry continuing their st- his his uh, Texans stampede uh, continued his st- Texans stampede last week with over 200, 215 yards rushing. So uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Miles Sanders, 
take the overs on both of their rushing yard props if you can, because this is going to be a a, a ground a ground attack of mass proportions. You can still start Hurts. You can still start Sanders. Start AJ Brown. Start Smitty. Start Goddard. Uh, Goddard. You know, just start everybody on offense, honestly, because this defense sucks. All right. Next game that I want to touch on, matchup I want to touch on is Green Bay's running backs versus the Lions. The Lions have given up the third most rush yards per game at 122, given up the third most fantasy points to running backs at 27.4, given up the fourth most yards per carry at 5.2, the fourth most red zone fantasy points per game at 8.6. So, I mean, you can start Aaron Jones with the fullest of confidence. And like we said before, you know, this is week nine. There's six teams on by, so you're probably going to be short because a lot of these teams are like very prominent players on there. So you could start A.J. Dillon if you need to, even though he's been pretty ass, um, you know, this you know, last, what, four four weeks now and counting. But if you have to play him, you can play him because I feel like um, he's going to be used in this game. Uh, we've seen the Lions kind of tighten up a little bit Um in the secondary, but they still not stopping anybody on the run. So start Aaron Jones with the fullest of confidence. Yeah. And then the last one we want to uh, just kind of briefly touch on uh, the Chargers passing attack versus the Falcons. I mean, they, the Falcons remain the best, the best matchup for wide receivers. Um, but, you know, the, we, we do know the Chargers are down. Mike Williams are down potentially Keenan Allen again. He just, he just said today that his hamstring somehow got worse over the, over the bye week. And so I don't know. I don't know what kind of, rehab or something i mean i guess they it, it hadn't responded the way they wanted to um i, I think that was another way that uh, i think chargers coach brandon staley put it um but yeah that's that's a that's a problem in and of itself so that means josh palmer and deandre carter are probably gonna be leading the passing attack with a little jailed jailed everett um and you know, obviously austin eckler he's you know he's caught you know 53 of his 58 targets on the season um and he leads the all running backs in yak yards after catch so he should definitely get a lot of work as well so um so fire 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 you know obviously fire up austin eckler and gerald everett and if you have if you're in a pinch which i'm sure probably people are at this point in the season with all the bye weeks and the injuries josh josh palmer will be a, a good spot start since he's probably going to be the number one receiver i mean atlanta's they've, they've allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers the last three weeks and they're allowing the second most reception yards um as well over the same span and so i think I think it's it's a good matchup on paper, but you know the the, the wide receivers that that the Chargers have available uh, may leave something to be desired. So just a little bit of caution in that in that regard. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, so let's go ahead and touch on these you know some of these Sunday and Monday games that we have going on this week. Like we said before, we have six teams on by. We have the Cowboys, the Browns, the Broncos, the Giants, the Steelers, and the Forty ers So. A lot of hurting for some of these rosters. I know I can attest to one of mine. Like I'm missing like five players because of these buys. So it uh, should be interesting trying to fill in your lines. But let's go ahead and talk about some of these teams and you know, maybe some of these players that we might be looking to add in our lineup. So the first game I want to touch on is the Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills in the in the Jets game. Uh, we have Buffalo is favored by what minus 12 and a half, so almost two touchdowns over under at 47. 747 points. So, uh, you know, the first question is just kind of how are they going to integrate Naheem Hines? Um, you know, we've seen Singletary taking a lot of the snaps in that backfield. They kind of mix in, you know, uh, James Cook here and there, but not really. So it should be interesting to see how much how much snap percentage we'll see Hines play. Um, 
it does kind of look like that Cook is going to be cooked unless the game is like out of reach. Then that's when we'll see him. Uh, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, you know, and then on the other side, you know, the Jets, man, like the offense, I mean, the, uh, the offense is gross, man. I know Zach Wilson is young. I rather we need to see Joe Flacco back there because this offense was at least they were humming. At least you saw fantasy production from your favorite players like Elijah Moore, who's now pouting and only getting seven snaps this past week, which is ten. crazy. Ten, yeah, ten. My bad. Four. He. I know he had four in the first half. So uh, just crazy. Yeah. You know, Garrett Wilson no. not really getting no looks. I mean, Garrett Wilson did look alive this past week. Um, but just overall, this Jets offense is just bad. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to play anybody on that side. But you know, on the Bills side, I'm gonna fire up Diggs. You're gonna hesitantly fire up Gabe Davis. Um, you're gonna hesitantly fire up uh, Knox. You're gonna play Singletary, and you're probably gonna have to play Hines because because of the uh, the week the the buys. So. What you got for this matchup? And, and I'm curious to see who who's going to line up across from Sauce Gardner. Probably Gabe mm. Davis, since they don't move him around. They'll move Diggs around more. Diggs will probably be more in the slot. So yeah, I think he'll avoid a lot of Sauce Gardner. Um, so hesitantly starting Gabe Davis, yeah, for for sure. Hoping that he may get get one get a deep one on him. But yeah, man, I, I my like the 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 one thing that I I want to see out of this game is. Again, are they going to use Elijah Moore for, for crying out loud? They refused to trade him. They refused to play him last week um, that many snaps. So was was this just like a ramp, another ramping up period or something? I like you know from I don't know. Uh, I, I I would I would like to think that they want to use their best player or their best offensive you know offensive player outside of uh, Brees Hall a little bit more. Um, but, um, you know, that remains to be seen. But to your point, you said you wanted to see – to your earlier point, you said you wanted to see Joe Flacco in there. They did just promote Mike White's the number two job for whatever that's, for whatever that's worth. So you probably see a lot of check downs. And, you, hey, Mike White threw Mike, – Mike White knew how to th- throw to Elijah Moore. Uh, so <laughs> maybe if Elijah Moore is actually on the field instead of Jeff Smith, instead of – uh, Denzel, Denzel Mims. Mims instead of Braxton Berrios for the for the love of God like let, let's stop making this harder than it has to be stop the politics bullshit he gets the point just let <laughs> let let the guy play right just let the guy spin let booby spin right let booby spin exactly um, but yeah so that's all I have from this game but the next game I kind of want to touch on really quick um, is the Rams Bucks game uh, Tampa Bay's favored by three at home, 42 and a half uh, over under. Both teams are trying to find themselves. They both suck on offense right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and and if you remember the you know, the divisional playoff game, these two offenses were humming. Um, they they were both, you know, you know, doing doing major work. Last year this total was 53 and a half um in LA. And so um that kind of tells you you know the the state of both of these offenses right now. Um, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna come down to the offensive line play, um, and it usually does in some in some of these tight in these tighter games. Is who's gonna block the other defensive line better? And you know we've we've seen you know Matthew Stafford on his back a lot. We've seen Brady get hit a lot. We saw Brady get hit a lot on Thursday night. We saw Matthew Stafford get hit, uh, got blitzed by that 49ers front seven um, on Sunday. And so. I mean, we're obviously gonna we're gonna we're gonna fire up our our usual Evans and Godwin, um, 
kind of have some questions about Fournette because 12, 12 or fewer touches in the last three games, and they're starting to give more looks to Rashad White. And I don't know if they're going to come off of this, you know, mini buy and 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 decide that you know we we'll, we still need to feed you know Fournette all these all these touches when Rashad White's looked very explosive uh, when when he's had the ball in his hands. And so, um, and you know, obviously. The one thing that arose from the the Rams game this past Sunday was Cooper Cup getting injured on the last often the second to last offensive snap um, of the game, where basically he shouldn't have been in there. They they ran a, a wide receiver screen. They were down seventeen points. What like what the fuck was that about? That, that made no sense to anybody. He shouldn't have been in the game at that point. So so I think that I mean he avoided he he definitely dodged a bullet with the with the potential injury there, but. That's something to monitor to see how if he's going to be gimpy or if he's going to be you know less than a hundred percent. But yeah, that's I mean that's a big thing there, man. Who's going to block better and how are these any of these offenses going to get on track? That's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I agree with everything there. I mean, you're going to play Evans. You're going to play Godwin. You're going to play Lenny, uh, but on the Rams side, if Cup is questionable, if he can't play, then I don't. I mean, you're going to play Allen Robinson, but I'm not sure how good you're going to feel about that. Uh, you're probably going to play Higby, and that's pretty much it. So it could yeah. be scary hours, depending on Cup can go or not. So the next game I want to touch on is the Carolina and Cincinnati game. We got Cincinnati favored by 7.5, 42 over under. So pretty another low total. Uh, this is going to be a second game without Chase. We saw the first one uh, on Monday night. Didn't look good at all. Higgins was pretty much clamped up. Boyd was pretty much clamped up. The The only two that kind of just did anything was the tight end and, and Mixon were the only ones that no, showed Hayden up. Hurst. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, there it is. Uh, that pretty much did anything. So hopefully this game, maybe the O-line would play a little bit better because, again, this was another game where Burrow was just on his back a lot of it, running for his life. So, But – you're gonna start. You're gonna start mixing. You're gonna start Hayden Hurst. You're gonna start Higgins. You're gonna start Boyd. You're gonna start Burrow, and you know, hopefully, they can get it going this game versus Carolina. Yeah, and, and to, to, to and to your point about Joe Burrow running for his life, there's not gonna be a Miles Garrett on the other side. So, thank, thankfully, not. There's not gonna be a, a Miles Garrett um, on Halloween for for. for um, <laughs> so the, that I think that's one thing that you know we can kind of. Breathe a sigh of relief uh, for Joe Burrow, but yeah, I mean he's he they they look very ordinary as an offense without Jamar Chase. So we just wanted to see, if, you know, can they can they get their playmakers the ball? Can they get, you know, um, can they get T Higgins more more targets? Can they get Tyler Boyd more targets as opposed to him checking down? I think like the first like half, all all he was all Joe Burrow was doing was checking down, throwing throwing short, throwing short. Throwing, Mixon had like seven or eight catches for like thirty yards. So he wasn't really doing much um, after he caught the ball. So it's just a bunch of you know just dump offs. So can he just take more chances down the field? I mean, you know, the Carolina secondary can be had. They just need to protect protect Joe Burrow long enough so they can so they can you know fire you know, fire off those launch codes again, fire off those launch codes, and T Higgins hopefully can can get some of those contested catches and some of those catches down the field. Um, but on the other side of that, though, um, you know, on the other side, you know, the the Carolina Panthers running game was, you know, they've they've been they've been running the ball really really strong, um, really really well over the last couple of games. They ran all over Tampa Bay. They ran all over all over Atlanta uh, with Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman is just you know shutting up the Achilles tear haters 
um, yep. that, that can't come, you know, basically saying, oh, you, you're, you're dead, you're done, you can't come back from an Achilles tear, but he's basically just, he's, he's conquered. He's conquered them. Uh, it took him a couple of years. Um, we thought when he tore his Achilles back when he's a member of the Texans that his career was done, but he resurfaced in Tennessee last year, showed some juice. Um, yep. Now he's in Carolina and he's he's tearing it up. So he's he's probably going for his he's he's going for his third straight 100 yard game. It's awesome to see, uh, you know, continue to work his ass off, and he's going to be the starting running back. And, and you know, Cincinnati just got tore up by by Nick Chubb in that running game. So you know, yep. why not Carolina continuing to do the same thing? And and we talked about DJ Moore earlier. Can he continue his his his, his stellar play, his hot streak? Um, they're him and PJ Walker are they. Their chemistry is is starting to is starting to build um, each and every week, and so let's just hope we can see a a, a continuation. The seven and a half line for Cincinnati just does not seem. I don't know. I, I this team is. I don't. I don't think they're seven and a half points better than Carolina, like this version of the of the Bengals. But it could be. I don't know. I, I that's just me. I think Carolina covers that spread, but um, but you know we'll we'll see we'll see how it all unfolds. We'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next game, Seattle and Arizona. Arizona is favored by two at home with a 49 and a half over under, which is one of the uh, tied for the highest of this week. So they're expecting a lot of points. I know the last time these teams played on week six, it was 19 to nine. Just a bunch of field goals. Um, both teams kind of struggled, uh, except for Kyler Murray running and, and, um, you know, and Kenneth Walker running. We saw D hop you know, get reintegrated the last two weeks and Kyler's now look re revitalized as a, a top quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how Seattle defends him uh, with this person. You know, you sub out Marquise Brown and you bring in D hop. So let's see how it goes. Um, you know, Lockett and, and DK were on, uh, on the episode of law and order. They were just like, they were locked down. You didn't hear from them. They didn't, really, yeah. <laughs> they didn't do, they didn't do much. So, Let's see what happens this week. And then, you know, uh, and they got Kenneth Walker back there, man. So should be interesting to see. We can start. You're going to start Lockett. You're going to start DK. You're going to start Kenneth Walker. On the other side, you're going to start Kyler, D-Hop, Ertz, and yeah, yeah, get, get Benjamin, them all in there, maybe. Yeah, get yeah them all maybe in Benjamin. There. If 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 Connor's, health, if Connor's healthy, then probably be Connor. If not, then you can fire up Benjamin. But yep, I'm, you got I'm anything? St- I, I would. I'd probably still start Benjamin regardless because I don't okay. know. If you can, I don't. I don't know if you can really depend on Connor um, to you know to be healthy. I know they just placed uh, Daryl Williams on IR today, and so um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think you know I, I would definitely start uh, you know Benjamin for sure. Um, if it's you know if I'm again I'm an, if I'm in a pinch and six teams on by, it's it's an easy choice for me. But yeah, yeah. I, it, it should be a fun game. It should be a fun game. I know I know once earlier in the season, um, you know this match this matchup should have been like a shootout, but the de- the defense has been playing a little bit better. I know uh, the Cardinals' pass defense still leaves a little bit to be desired. They're still twenty third in pass DVOA. But um, and you know obviously Metcalf and Lockett can probably take advantage of that, but we'll see. We'll just see how it all unfolds. And then we got the Chiefs and Titans on Sunday night. The Chiefs should kill them because the Titans have nobody to throw the ball to. Um, so we got Derrick Henry. Probably, they do got Derrick Henry. So and the Chiefs have been pretty good stopping around. But yeah, they stopped Derrick Henry. Then it should be good. But I remember the last time that the Chiefs and the Titans matched up. 
uh, in the regular season. The Titans broke the, the Chiefs offense on, on in front of the hose. So hopefully mm-hmm. they don't repeat that again. Yeah, they scored <laughs> what seven points in that game? Yeah, it was disgusting. They blew them out. Yeah. All right. And then the Monday night game, you got the Ravens and Saints. 48 over under. I'm not sure how it gets to 48 because these offenses have kind of been struggling. Um, but this should be an interesting game. You know, hopefully the Ravens have Andrews. They're already going to be out with Bateman, already probably out with um, uh, Gus Edwards. So I don't know who they're going to pass. I don't know how they're going to move this ball. So, uh, and then the Saints, you know, they're going to be at home. So that place is going to be rocking. So, should be interesting that for that game for sure. All right, and then last but not least, bowl predictions. I know last week I had DJ Moore top six wide receiver, and he finished his wide receiver five. We thank God for the PJ Walker miracle bomb at the end of the game that that get DJ Moore uh, lifted into that top six. So my my prediction smashed. And then my Kyle Pitts, um, it was it was a uh, it was like one of those this this situation is long overdue kind of things it was like a you know yep. gut feeling that you know kyle pitts was going to go off and um you know i probably should have put more money on the on the prop there but <laughs> hey um my top five kyle pitts uh top my 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 top five tight end kyle pitts uh definitely smash as well so good good to see him back hopefully continues mm. you know they they see they see a trend with you know kyle pitts getting the ball and things tend to happen so I don't know. We'll see. Yep, and that is the end of the show. So uh, our bold prediction will probably post those towards the end of the the weekend, closer to uh, to Sunday for those. So make sure you look out for those. Make sure you look out for our for our prize pick props. You see, we're 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 heating up now. So make sure you check out our official uh, check out those plays on Off the Line FF, Off the Line Fantasy FF on on Twitter for those. Ike, you got anything before we get out of here? Yeah, no, we appreciate y'all, you know, kind of tapping into our, you know, to, to all of our stuff and just, you know, continue to, you know, hit hit the you know, hit the like button, subscribe, rate and review, uh, you know, send us some feedback on, you know, what you think of the show, um, you know, check out all the different shows that we have on the Destination Devi channel, check out the newsletter, um, check out the waiver wire show that drops every Tuesday, um, you know, you know, check out, check out all of our content, man, we're, we're doing a lot of good things here, man. And, and uh, and also in, in, in tune into the start sit stream, uh, every Sunday morning, uh, Gene's going to be on, um, along with Eric Vanek and, you know, Adam and Mike, um, they, they give you a lot of good start sit and start, start sit advice. I may be on there. I may pop in here and there. Uh, I've been on a couple of times. So, um, but yeah, check, check that out every Sunday morning before you set your lineups. Yeah, you never know who's going to be on there. So definitely hit hit that up. That's That comes out Sundays at 12 Eastern, 11 Central, right before the roster is locked. So, you know, tap in with us and, you know, get those last-minute adjustments before before uh, before Sunday football starts up. So on that note, we appreciate y'all listening to another episode. Y'all work that waiver wire. I know it's kind of grim out there this week to get those wins. So until then, y'all be safe and tap into us next week. Peace out. Peace out.